join us in worship with song this morning.
Aren't you glad that God's doing something in your neighbor's life today? Aren't you glad that God is doing something in the house? This morning we sang, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I feel like somebody in the house today needs to see that He is faithful. Do you have a need in your life? Whatever it may be, it may be a healing. It could be anything at all, I don't know. But God knows, and we need to just open our eyes and see how faithful it is. We have many in the house that can testify to His faithfulness. I went through a health scare earlier this year, but God brought me through it. Brother Kevin, we didn't know if Brother Kevin was going to come home. But I don't even there he sits. Oh my God, Jesus. Brother, right here. We didn't know if you were going to make it out of the hospital, and here you stand. Because God is faithful. Great is his faithfulness unto us. We have to speak it. We have to proclaim it. But he's right there. Can we sing great is thy faithfulness? Can we sing the chorus? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning.
faithfulness today. Amen. God is good, Annie. Hey, man, you may be seated this morning. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all don't tell the praise team I said this, but man, didn't they sound gooder and gooder today? Hey, yeah, give them a hand clap of yes. God's good, ain't he? Amen. Last Sunday we started and we was talking concerning what is our purpose as believers? What is our purpose as believers? Well, if I show up and I am a mechanic, <laughs> everybody ain't got to laugh at the same time. If I show up to my job and I'm a mechanic, then I need to know what I'm doing, Right? be pretty terrible if I showed up as showed up as a mechanic at my job and I didn't even I didn't have a clue where the battery's at I'm gonna be honest we sometimes I'm still wondering where some of these vehicles where the battery's at if I didn't know how to change the oil or and I didn't know how to put spark plugs in I don't need to show up at that job and claim to be a mechanic, right? Right? Everybody in here knows I don't need to show up and claim to be... Never mind, don't y'all start. But what we must understand is people go on job, they go on job uh, uh, interviews time and time again. I've interviewed many. I've interviewed many and... Their resume that they typed out. Do y'all hear me? Their resume that they typed out. How that their performance that they told me sure was glowing. And after you hire them, they didn't know which way was left and which way was right. Didn't know. Some of you have hired folks and you know exactly what I'm saying, right? Well, church, we must understand. Some of you that's doing your that's done the hiring, y'all need to quit grinning. Because <laughs> I know there's a story behind that. But church, what we must understand is if we're here as believers, then we've got a purpose. That purpose is greater than holding a chair down. Come on. We've got a purpose. If you'll take a look at Romans, and we read this last week, Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 28 and 29. And it says this, and we know that all things, and we know that for those who love God, all things work for the good. For those who are called according to God's, oh brother Andy, you changed in the scripture. No, I'm just, I'm taking the pronoun out and putting the pronoun, putting the name in. Oh, brother, and do you don't like pronouns? Don't get me started. According to God's purpose, verse 29, for those whom God foreknow, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of God's only begotten Son. In order that God, or that Christ, might be the firstborn among many brothers. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come to you today. We want to thank you again for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this great opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you. Father, I pray right now that you'll move and minister in a mighty way. Open the windows of heaven and pour out an anointing and a blessing upon this service. Father, I pray that you'll continuously hide us behind the cross of Calvary. That those looking would see your Son, He being high and lifted up, that all would be drawn unto you. We forever give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This morning and probably next Sunday, I'm not going to tell you how long my daughter thinks this outline's going to take. What outline? Supposed outline up here. She said six weeks, counting last Sunday. I told her, no, nah, counting last Sunday, three weeks. We'll see which one's right. I don't want to ask anybody what your guesses are. 
This Sunday we're going to be talking about there are things that we as believers we have a purpose in our lives. Amen? We have a purpose. We have a duty. We have a calling that we must fulfill. So this morning I want to take a look at something. We have a purpose. And part of that purpose is to be determined to present a persistent effort. Some will wake up and say, Oh, there's snow on the ground. I can't go to church. And there's snow on the ground. You could gather it up and barely put it in one hand. That's not a persistent effort. Come on. There are some. You get a paper cut. I'm, I'm being real here, okay? You get a paper cut, you are now injured for three weeks. Come on. And then you can't go anywhere. Oh, but you can go to work on Monday. Why? Because if you don't, you've already had a sick time because of every other paper cut you've had. Thank the good Lord it's nobody sitting in here or on our live feed. Amen. Maybe I need to take my glasses off. <laughs> Whoa. What we've got to understand is we have got to put forth an effort. The day we got saved, that was free to us. Everything after is going to take an effort. you got to put forth an effort in other words, your feet have to come out from under that bed sheet and have got to hit the floor. We have got to put forth an effort. And then I'm, look, I want you, I've said this and I've said this and I've said this and I'll keep saying it and I'll keep saying it. COVID is a real sickness. I got you. But just because, are y'all hearing me? Just because you got a little bit of a runny nose, the moment that the temperature changed does not cause you to have a 14-day quarantine. Now, you running a fever? Or you get to the point, oh, I, I just coughed a little bit. Y'all, hello? Y'all need to be around me on Monday. <laughs> I get COVID is real. I am not dismissing COVID. Does everybody believe me? Come on. But I'm going to tell you something. Just because you have your your you're 42 years I'm not going to talk about it. You're 42 years old and you've had a sinus drainage every year that the temperature changes and at the moment the temperature changes that does not cause a quarantine. Hello? Now that the government is slowing down the giving out, I think, of all of the money, no, they're still doing some. Many has had to go back to work, but they're not coming back to church. Many will go to Walmart, but they're not going to come to church. Why? Because COVID is real at church, but not at Walmart. You got it the other way around. Hello? I'm going to tell you something. If you don't believe how many times that this built, I'm not saying you can't get sick here. And I definitely ain't saying you can't get sick. I'm talking about a persistent effort. God sees the effort. Brother Andy, all that you're saying is not biblical. How many thinks that it is? Come on, and I'm going to show you why. If you don't think that this property, from that property line to that property line, from that property line to that property line, and I really don't know where that line ends, I may go over into the, into the neighbors across the road's yard. We're going to plead, I have pled and pled and pled the blood of Jesus on this property. How many has bled the blood of Jesus on your own home, your family, and your kids? You send them to school. Come on. Brother Andy, you don't. Nope. She's homeschooled. 
She's been homeschooled since the third grade. It has nothing to do with COVID. Come on. What you got to understand is you've got to take a step of faith and know that God is able to keep you. I'm going to tell you something. You need to be very cautious. You need to be very mindful. You need to, you need to, uh, if you're running a fever, you're, you're, you've got a persistent productive cough, you got to do something. Because you're not protecting just yourself, but those around you. But do not allow the minor things to keep you from the house of God if it's not going to keep you from Walmart. Why? Because you got, boy, that show was ugly, and I don't know who in the world said all that. If I got, I got to find that guy back there. But you got to understand, you got to put forth a persistent effort. Brother Andy, they never put forth a persistent effort in the Bible. Acts. Take a look. Acts. Hang on. Back it up. Mark chapter 2. We're going to go here first. Mark chapter 2. Why? Because it's first in outline. <laughs> I'm going to stay with it as close as possible. Mark chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. I really do. Y'all, that clock back there is wrong. It ain't 12.40. It's 10.40. You want to see a sign of persistent effort? Look at this. Mark chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. It says this. And many were gathered together so that there were... Boy, I'm going to tell you something. I've seen this building... Since COVID-19, and I've seen this building fulfilled right there in that first two lines. That there were so many that there was no more room. I'm ready for it, church. I'm ready for it, church. I'm the only one. I'm ready for it, church. Come on, church. I'm ready for God to do a great and mighty move in this last day. Amen. And there was no more room, not even at the door. Man, wouldn't it be something? People lined across the parking lot. We'd have to put... I'm not knocking the windows out, but we'd have to run lines out there for speakers. We'd put TV screens somewhere. I'm going to tell you something, Brother Kevin. I'm gonna, that is a great and outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God because the Bible says, Jesus said in the Word of God, He said, if I be lifted up, that I would draw all men unto Him. I'm going to tell you something. It's time for the church to start lifting up the name of Jesus. Come on. He was preaching. Gee, my Lord have mercy. When Jesus starts preaching and bringing forth the word, he starts bringing the people in. Jesus is preached. Jesus is speaking the word of God. And people are drawn. When the word of God is, I, I was talking to somebody just a few days ago. And this person on the phone, they go to this church. This person on the phone was telling me that they that they're seeing a growth. I'm telling you, I'm seeing a growth. There's people in this church is seeing a growth. I'm telling you something, church. God is moving and God is doing a work around Coosa Valley Church of God. Why? Because we got to put forth a persistent. He was preaching the word to the people that was there. And they came, and there was some men that brought, oh Jesus, I don't I think she's right. I ain't gonna get past this. Ha ha ha. Y'all, I'm telling you something. <laughs> 
They was four men that started bringing a, bringing a paralytic man and they was bringing him there. I'm going to tell you something, church. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be awesome if those four men, this was their story. The first one, he was paralyzed from the waist down and he, God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came by and healed him one day. Wouldn't it be something? Oh, you better go wide. <laughs> Wouldn't it be something if there was a man, one of the men that was on that cot that day? Wouldn't it be something if one of them, his daughter, was raised from the dead? I'm talking, my God in heaven above. I hope somebody's getting this. <laughs> I'm talking about a persistent effort. And then the third man, he, he, he said, hey, I was blind from birth. And Jesus came by one day. He spit in the mud and made me eyes to see. They came bringing a paralytic man and the fourth one the three looked at him and they wanted to hear his story I'm going to tell you something. That fourth man, he looked at them three as they walking along the road that day going down to the house where Jesus was preaching. And the fourth man said, I believe God can touch just like he touched you, the paralyzed man. Just like he touched you, your daughter. But I'm going to tell you something. My name is Lazarus and God, my God, I'm telling you some church God's wanting to raise some folks from the dead God's wanting to raise some folks from this my God somebody give me. yes 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 come on God is doing something Somebody said, why you get so excited? You don't know what God brought me out of. You don't know where God brought me from. Hey. Where in the world am I at? Go to the next verse. Hi. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. These four men, they came and they brought the paralyzed man and they looked in and they couldn't get in. Remember verse 2 said, it was full even at the door. It was full. Those four, they get, look at verse 2 one more time. Look at verse 2. It said the house was full and they could not get in. The doorway was crowded. I'm going to tell you something, church. I'm seeing Coosa Valley Church of God getting to the point where this building is full the foyer is full. The upstairs foyer is full. We've opened up all the doors. The parking lot is full. The next door is full. I'm telling you something. Oh, Brother Andy, God can't do it here. Well, then you need to hush up and quit praying that. I'm telling you something. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I'm saying my God is able. If y'all didn't know, today's a busy day. I told Sister Carrie, I said, whoa, I'm going to be tired when I get home. Little did I know I was going to be tired at lunch. Woo, come on, church. It was busy, or it was packed. They couldn't get in. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says this. 
They had a persistent effort. I wish that some church folks would have a persistent effort. Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I don't feel like going. I got a little bit of headache. I've got an eye. I got a nose twitch. I got a, I got a paper cut. I smashed my finger, so should I stay home? I got evidence. When the when they got there, the four got there. When the four got there, they went and they said, "We can't get in the front. We can't get in the back." I guess we. You know what? They some folks today thinks that they that they created the slogan "Raise the Roof." They were some folks about 20 years ago and they would do this number and they'd say they was going to raise the roof. Little did they know, they didn't know that they was doing biblical terms because there was four men that took the roof off of the place and said, we going to get to Jesus. How many people today would literally take the roof off the place so they could get into the house of God? You got to have a persistent effort to get to God. God's wanting to know, do you mean business? There's too many that's having a vacation, spiritually speaking. Brother Andy, you just got off a vacation, did I? I did church work most of the time I was there. You don't believe me? There's a redhead on the front row. Y'all ask. Never mind, don't. Same work, different scenery. Ain't God good? Now watch. They came and they raised the roof because they couldn't. Ah, back it up. They raised the roof. Why? Because they could not get near because of the crowd. I'm going to tell you something, church. I'd be so glad when the folks tries to get to the house of God, but they can't get into the altar because there's so many people and they can't push their way through. Go on to the next verse now. And when they made an opening. I'm wanting somebody to make an opening. Oh my Lord. I I got notes here. I got notes here. I ain't even got to. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. That you need to understand is there's some folks that needs to make an opening to get to the altar and grab a hold of the horn of the altar of God and get a hold of God one more time. We're too busy taking a vacation, a staycation, or whatever else you want to callcation. But I'm going to tell you something. It's time for people to quit taking a spiritualcation. Yeah, I just made that up. I'm on contact Webster's dictionary on that one. Somebody look uh, yeah, somebody look that up and make sure it ain't a word yet. I'm gonna see if I ain't internet. A spiritualcation. But let me tell you something. If you're going to make a persistent effort to get to the, to get a hold of the horn of the altar of God, to get close to God, you got to make an opening. You got to push things to the side. What are you pushing to the side? You're pushing aside doubt. You're pushing aside greed. You're pushing aside lust. You're pushing aside jealousy. You're pushing aside. Uh oh. Uh oh. You're pushing aside bad attitude. Come on. You're pushing aside bad attitude. It's so big you got to push it again. Come on. It's time for some folks to make an opening to get a hold of God. It's, a, it's time to get a hold of the horn of the altar of God and be like it was in the day of Elisha and Elisha whenever they was there and they was, they was repairing, repairing the altar. It's time to repair the altar one more. I'm not talking about this. You know, I really don't know. I ain't asked. Y'all hang on. Don't listen. Listen. 
Was they ever those benches up here in this building? Now, 20 years of, 20 years this building's been here. There ain't been no benches up here. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Those pew, little things like this. Okay, listen. I remember when churches started taking them things out. And they said, oh, you're taking out the altar. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of the biggest folks that was making the most noise ain't even touched an altar. And I couldn't tell you how long. It's time to quit worrying about a piece of furniture being the altar. And it's time to get back to the altar, repair the altar, and get a hold of the horns of the altar of God one more time. Why? Because God is wanting a persistent people. When they had made an opening, they pushed aside doubt. Many people there that day, I'm sure, said they ain't nothing that that man inside, he's just a good man. He's just a prophet. He's just a good education or motivational speaker. He's just one that can talk big words. He really ain't got nothing. You're just going through and you're just making the motions. Why are you tearing up this building? When, when you ain't going to do nothing in the end. The four pushed aside doubt. The four pushed aside naysayers. The four pushed aside those uh, that didn't really know what they was talking about. And the four said, I'm getting a hold of God. There's some today that really needs to get a hold of God one more time. Let's go on. And they made an opening and the need was laying on an instrument that they lowered down. Brother Andy, why are you saying it like that? Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't want you to focus so much on the paralytic man, but I want you to focus on the fact that we all got a need. We all got something that we need to get a hold of God and God's wanting to know, know are you going to make a persistent effort? Are you going to raise the roof? You're going to make an opening to get into where Jesus is at and take your need to the altar of God. Quit focusing on the paralytic man. Why? Does anybody know why? He's already healed. Your need ain't been met. Hello? Boy, that just dumbfounded somebody. Some just went, huh? Some just said, huh? But what you got to understand, what you got to understand is God is wanting to know, have you got a persistent effort to get a hold of God one more time? Are you willing to make an opening? Are you willing to get your need to God? Next Next verse. Now that I've read the whole verses, y'all ready for me to preach? Look at verse 5. I'm going I'm to read this and in closing. But Andy, is it because you're tired? No, i got a fifth or seventh or eighth wind here in just a second. So I'm ready to roll. Y'all want me to keep going? I'll keep going. Look at this last verse. I want you to really hear this. I'm going to go this very, very... I got a note on my thing to go slow on this verse. I want you to really hear what this verse says. This verse is telling us this. It says this. It says, Jesus saw their faith. Let's get real for a moment. How many times do people bring their need to God and they really ain't got the faith that God's going to do it? I'm coming just as a motion, just as a, an act. I know I'm supposed to, so I'm going to do it so everybody can see me do it, so that everybody knows that I'm doing this. Maybe it'll garner me some. 
Never mind. But God is not looking at your heart for sympathy. Because sometimes that's what people are doing is they're attracting sympathy. I've had people that will come to this altar in 27 years. I've had people that I've prayed with, prayed over, and they've come to the altar, and everybody knew what they was coming for before they even got here because they made sure everybody knew on their way to the altar. Now, church, there is nothing wrong. There's nothing, there's not a thing wrong be scared if you're sitting here and the altar has been open or it's the middle of song service there's nothing wrong with God is touching your heart and you've got a you've got a real need on your life and you say hey can you go to the altar with me and you grab a hold of somebody and they come with you there ain't a thing wrong with that why because if the person that you grabbed a hold of is a praying person, they're going to be right beside you, and when you lift your... They're going to put you at the altar. Lord, let me change my words there. They're going to put you at the altar, or when you start to lift your hand, they're going to be right there to hold your hand up. They're going to be right there to pray with you. They're not, look, and they're not looking at their watch to see what time... The, the Baptist leaves the restaurant so they can go to the restaurant. They're really there to get a hold of the altar with you and help you to pray over that need. Because there's sometimes that you come to the altar and you're weak. I'm not talking physically, I'm talking in your faith. But when it's broadcasted to everybody just to gain sympathy points, now that's a problem. Because that's not coming in faith. Brother Andy, that was ugly. No, it's the truth. Because God is looking at your heart. He's wanting to know, are you making a persistent effort? Go, go back to verse 4. To bring your need to God. Are you making a persistent effort to remove any obstacles in your way? Verse 5, to get to God. And then when you get to God, does He see your faith? Go ahead, verse 4, or verse 5, excuse me. Does God see your faith? Or is God looking at an unbeliever? I'm not talking about saved or unsaved. I'm talking about, well, I'm going to God and I really don't think He's going to do this, but I need everybody else to believe that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to God because, you know, the fact of the matter is I, I'm, I'm a Sunday school teacher and I need everybody to think that I'm all that in a bag of tater chips. You know, I better, I better get a hold of God because I'm the, I'm the piano player. And I got to really get, I want everybody to think that I'm all that. Now, that ain't Sister Deborah, so don't y'all don't look at her like that. But you, but you need to understand something. Oh, hang on, I, I'm, I'm, I'm downloading <laughs> Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Live feed, I know that you're here with us as well. God is wanting to know, are you making a persistent effort to get a hold of God? Or is it just for a show? Are you really doing what it takes. Are you pushing through all the noise?
the naysayers. Those that think you can't do it. Are you pushing through the noise and removing the obstacles and really getting a hold of God? Are you making that persistent effort? I'm going to tell you something, church. Coosa Valley is making a persistent effort as a whole. You know how I know that? Because there's things going on all across this campus all throughout today. Four or five, four, four, five different events here on campus today. Practice times and fellowship and meetings. I'm telling you, Coosa Valley is taking a step of persistent effort towards God. Are you as the body of Coosa Valley, are you trying to make a persistent effort in your own life? When God looks at you, is God seeing your faith or is He seeing unbelief? As we're praying right now, your head is bowed, your eyes closed. I know we're still seated. That's fine. I want you to get a hold of God today and I want you to search God. I want you to ask God to search your heart and your life. I know that Brother Andy can, can, can be goofy sometimes and, and, and I can play around and I can have fun just like anybody else. But I'm as serious as I can be right now. I'm asking you to allow God to search your heart and your life today. The end of Sunday morning services, we've been starting to pray. This is our time of prayer. I want you to get a hold of God right now. I want you to ask God, search me. Do you see faith in you or do you see something else? As you're praying, as you're praying and you feel the need, because I'm going to tell you something, God's already tugging at, at several hearts right now. God's already tugging at your heart. As we're bowing our heads and we're praying, I'm asking you to come to this altar. You know exactly who you are. You know exactly who you are. God's already tugging at your hearts. Would you come to this altar this morning? Live feed. Live feed. Thank you so much for being a part of our services today. Come back. Join us this afternoon at 5 o'clock. May, may the good Lord bless you. Live feed, you're dismissed in the lovely name of Jesus. Church, would you...